You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Welcome into the Thunder First Take Post Game Show live from Flint underneath the Colcora Hotel. This is 1077 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. I am Chisholm Holland. I'm joined by Brady Trantham. Uh, and back in studio, we have the good old faithful Nate. Nate Baldwin back in studio taking care of everything for us. But you were not here for that. You were here because the Thunder just played a basketball game, which they fell 115-105. to Roll out the brooms. To the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> uh, this might be a uh, playoff preview. There's a possibility these two teams would see each other uh, in the playoffs. But more importantly, this is the fourth loss this year to the Denver Nuggets, Brady. Yep, um, and it kind of went the same way the other three went. Uh, Denver's offense is just, they're fun to watch. Uh, their ability to get uh, very advantageous switch uh, matchups against the Thunder. You know, I don't know how many times I saw Dennis Schroeder matched up against Jokic under the rim when the, right. when the Nuggets were on offense. Um, yeah, it's just the Nuggets are a well-oiled machine so far in, in the regular season now. I, I know everyone's probably thinking, the most optimistic Thunder fan is thinking, the postseason is a much different animal, and that is true. But from um, what we've seen so far, and especially with Paul George dealing with sh- shoulder soreness, um, yeah, this is straight Nuggets domination all season long uh, against the Thunder. It is. All right. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, give us a shout. We'll be taking phone calls here live from Flint underneath the Coco Hotel. Great food. We just had dinner here. Uh, it was incredible. That's 405 460 1077. 405 460 1077 on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. As well, if you want to reach us at a text message, that's 88474. Type the word Texas Space and then your message. And get a hold of me and Brady. We're also on Twitch. Twitch at the Franchise Live. Twitch.com backslash the Franchise Live. Uh, join us there. But uh, to Brady's point, uh, the Nuggets kind of had their way with the Thunder. I said before the game, who controls the pace is the one who's going to win. Uh, so far this season, the Thunder are top five in the league when it comes to pace. The Nuggets are bottom five in the league when it comes to pace. And the Denver, in the previous three matches, had dominated the pace of play. This was another game, though, where the Thunder could not get out in transition and could not increase the pace to help their advantage with the athleticism. Yeah, it, it was just... It was just sloppy kind of uh, overall in the first half. And mainly, you know, I, I thought the Thunder's offense was actually kind of fine. I mean, yeah, they weren't able to get out and so, to a lot of fast-break opportunities. Denver's been very good at stopping that in these other three matchups. I mean, the Nuggets are, uh, Mike Malone mentioned it, and I didn't even know this, the Nuggets are the only Western Conference team in the top ten in both offense and defense. So right. that in itself is, is incredible, especially considering how terrible the Nuggets' de- defense has been the last few seasons. They've really made strides under Mike Malone. But, um, you know, like, again, I thought the Thunder offense was fine, particularly through the first two and a half quarters until uh, the Nuggets went on that 8-0 run when it was tied at 68. It was just Russell Westbrook, you know, he misses, he misses what, nine shots? Um, or, excuse me, he misses, what, ten shots? I, I don't math. <laughs> it was mainly just Paul George. He, he misses 12 shots on in his own right. They both combined for 23 misses. And you can live if you're the Thunder if Russell's going to miss those shots. Because as we've seen pre-All-Star break, uh, Russell wasn't very efficient, wasn't scoring a lot, but Paul George was doing the brunt of that. And the Thunder won a lot of games. Tonight, uh, Paul George, 10 of 22, didn't really get rolling. And we, if we can call it rolling, he hit two big shots to potentially bring the Thunder back late under two or three or two minutes. Um, it was just Paul George dealing with shoulder soreness clearly because a lot of his shots in the first half were all really good looks, wide open, and he just couldn't he just couldn't bury them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, to put it nicely, as my uncle did, who texted me immediately after the game, this is a case where there's one team who can shoot, and there's another team who have people who shoot. There's a key difference there as a mix, and it's like everybody on Denver can shoot. Everybody, their entire offense is capable. Yeah, uh, we talked about this in the pregame show. The great thing about the Denver Nuggets is that they have Nikola Jokic, who's their number one player, and their number one player by a mile. He's their superstar, really, in a lot of ways. Their number two guy, it could be anybody. There's eight different names you could list of who's going to be their second best player tonight. Most of the time, it's Jamal Murray, which was the case tonight. But in large part, it could be Gary Harris. I mean, it could be uh, Paul Millsap. There's a lot of guys who could fill that role, which, which makes them totally... Totally impossible to guard because the attacks are coming from everywhere. Let's go ahead and read some team stats here uh, to give you a little bit of a breakdown of the game. In large part, uh, the Denver Nuggets, 
their biggest advantage is going to be the field goal percentage. They had 56% of their shots. The Oklahoma State Thunder hit at 48, which the 48 is not a horrible number. But when the other team is shooting almost 57, it's going to be hard to play catch up from there. The biggest discrepancy between the two teams, Denver was 14 of 33 from the three-point line, 42% overall. The Oklahoma City Thunder only shot just below, a smidge below uh, that 30% mark. Rebounding was almost uh, exact, uh, exactly the same. Steals were almost the exact same. The Thunder had five blocks to the Denver Nuggets. One assist, though, another number that stands out here, Brady. 30 assists for Denver, 19 for the Thunder. That's that's typically the case when these two teams play. I mean, Denver's offense is just, like I said, they're a well-oiled machine, and they're very good at just swinging the ball around and get it, getting it into advantageous matchups for them. But um, the other thing that really sticks out to me is just the Thunder dominated the paint. They outscored the Nuggets 68-46. to 46. Yeah. Um, they, at it, one point, they had 20 straight points in the paint. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is the thing with the Thunder, and it's going to be the thing that could potentially bite them in the postseason is just how – just. At times, they can be terrible from the perimeter uh, shooting the three ball. And if Paul George isn't knocking them down, he's two of seven tonight. I think his only two makes were in that final last push. Little stretch. Yeah, that, he hit two. They were really big ones. I mean, I'll, I'll give it up to him. He plays. He played 40 minutes tonight, which is, I mean, Billy's like really digging into his postseason uh, lineup right now. Uh, let's see. Nader only played 11 minutes. Um, yeah. It, it This looked like a playoff game, and it's just going to be one of those things that if the Thunder get the performance from the three-point line like they did against Toronto last Friday, they're going to have prob- they're probably going to win those games. You hit 20 out of 43 threes, you're probably going to win. But this is sadly kind of what the Thunder are at, at more times than not. Eight of 27 from the three-point line is just not going to get it done in today's NBA. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and if you're really going to be counting on the Oklahoma City Thunder to knock down threes, uh, long term to keep you in games. I think we have a big enough sample size now at 73 games or wherever we are uh, that that's just not going to happen. This team is not exactly lethal from the outside, um, and they haven't been all year. They're currently sitting at 16th in the league at three point. No, apologize. That's they're giving up. That's uh, how. <laughs> that's the percentage they're giving. Up. I was like, wow, that's a lot better than I thought. They're currently sitting at 23rd in the league at 34.7 percent on the year from outside the three point line, and even that feels great because they got off to such a slow start. Uh, but the scoring doesn't come from a lot of places outside of Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and that's shown true again tonight here. Uh, Jeremy Grant goes 3 of 8 after a great game against Indiana and another good one against Toronto. Throws up a little bit of a dud here. Uh, Paul George goes 10 of 22, as you mentioned earlier, with 25 points and 9 rebounds. Russell Westbrook finds his way to 27 points, uh, 9 rebounds and 9 assists, just a couple of... Uh, Tally marks there short of a triple-double. Steven Adams, someone who scored 25 and 12 in the last game, has 16 and 5 rebounds here. Adams right? had a really – I mean, 16 points, I mean, yeah, but uh, considering how Adams has played since the All-Star break, I mean, th- these are two really good back-to-back performances for him. And he really got the ball rolling, particularly in the second quarter, um, somewhat a little bit late. But that's, that second quarter run, uh, er, um, early third quarter, that looked like vintage Steven Adams. He was getting out on the break. I mean, right. he, he Euroed past Nikola Jokic and got he the He Euroed a Euro. He Euroed a Euro. Well, I don't even know what that – does that mean anything? Euro on Euro crime? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that an award? Can we win that award? No, but then you look at you know, Terrence Ferguson 0 for 1, and I think – I think we're at this point, like you said, the, the sample size. I think we can now all kind of agree that if Terrence Ferguson is going to shoot like he's like he shot in the end of December, January, beginning of February, oh man, then, then this is a very tough team to beat. Right, but 0 for one for Terrence Ferguson. Um, you know, got to the foul line once or twice, so that's cool. But uh, yeah, when it's just it's such a good juxtaposition, um, whatever that word is, it's just a good little mirror between the Thunder and the Nuggets. Everybody from the Nuggets can shoot. If Terrence Ferguson makes the same leap he made in year two as as he can in year three, then the Thunder could potentially look like that with the Nuggets. But um, not having a third score from the perimeter really bites this team. Right, indeed. Uh, I mean, really, again, outside of Paul George and uh, Russell Westbrook, not a whole lot of contributions from anyone else. Uh, Nerlens Noel had a great first half. Uh, he had six points very quickly in his uh, substitution in the first quarter, and he ends the game with eight, finishing 4-4 four, four from the floor. Marcus Morris, or Markeith Morris, I apologize. One of those Morris Twins. They're twins. Markeith Morris, uh, again, struggling to find his offensive stroke. Finishes with three points. Abdul Nader, five points. It's a hit a three-pointer. That was a little impressive with a man in his face. And Dennis Schroeder, two games in a row, struggling from the floor with nine. Not a whole lot of contributions from anyone outside of the Thunder's big two. 
Uh, so I know this is an awkward lead-in, but we got to do it, Nate. Let's go ahead and do the Thunder play of the game. Now, the Franchise Thunder player of the game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. All right, Brady. There are three possibilities here. Thunder player. Who? Three. There are three possibilities. You're being a little bit more generous than I am. <laughs> uh, I think there's two possibilities in my eyes, and neither one of them are that incredible. Well, why don't you go ahead then? I'll go with Russell Westbrook. 11 to 22, 27 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. That is acceptable. Russell uh, had a really good uh, run towards the end of that game, and uh, really, it, it, I was kind of watching there, sitting there, thinking like, are they actually going to come back and put this game into overtime? But this is kind of how the first game went uh, with Denver in OKC earlier on in the year. The only difference was Russell didn't take 12 threes. Right. But yeah, I mean, a strong performance for Russell Westbrook late, defend on both ends of the floor. Um, who was the other one? I'm curious. Paul George. Paul George. Really? Paul George? Yeah. Over Steven Adams? Steven Adams, five rebounds. I mean, Jokic, Jokic is good, man. Jokic <laughs> is great, and that's why you need Steven Adams Jokic, to be great as well. I was not blown away with Steven Adams today. You know, um, this is – here's the matchup problem. I mean, if you're wanting to look at it, um, just, you know, roster by roster. Jeremy Grant, incredible how he's performing – performed this season um, just since he's been with the Thunder the last two seasons uh, just incredible development but there is that mismatch problem with him when it concerns uh, playing bigger bigger fours Paul Millsap definitely falling under that category right Millsap had his way with Grant early on and you see this when the Thunder play the Pelicans and they go he goes up against Julius Randle just those bigger beefier uh, forwards are always going to give Grant a little bit of trouble um, it's a shame that the Thunder can't get Milwaukee because Grant against Giannis and Tenacupo makes a lot of sense with that length. But, um, no, I mean, Paul George over Steve Nance, that's that's interesting. But my off-the-wall one, I was going to say Nerlens Noel, 4-4 four four from the floor, yeah. uh, seven rebounds. And it just seemed like in, in the 13 minutes he was on the floor, it looked like his, his impact was just – it's funny because I'm about to say this and he was a minus 12. <laughs> but he made such an impact in terms of just extending possessions with tip outs, uh, fighting for really tough boards on the defensive end. Right. And, you know, maybe a little of that was just a little bit of the carryover from the previous matchup uh, in Denver when Nerlens Noel really helped bring the Thunder back from a 13-point deficit to take a lead. But then sadly – and kind of the theme for this team since the All-Star break, he fouled out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nerlens Noel, I was actually going to s- speak about that. We might see this matchup in the first round of the playoffs. There's a possibility the Thunder either are the 7 or the 8 seed, and there's a possibility that Denver is the 1 or the 2 seed, especially noticing the fact that Golden State had a loss tonight. Now the Denver Nuggets and Golden State are tied in the win column, so that win is even bigger for the Nuggets now. Um, Nerlens Noel might be a better matchup for the Thunder against Nikola Jokic. This is two games in a row where I thought Nerlens Noel played better defense than Steven Adams against the big Mick against the big man. Yeah, it's just it's his length and that's something that Stephen Adams just is not going to have naturally over Steve uh, over Nerlens Noel. And just because Denver just tries to they just run just off screen, off screen, off screen. They just try to get you rolling and rolling and right. moving side to side and Adams will, you know, will have to he just always has to go up to the perimeter and it's up to his help, you know, Adams is the help defense primarily, but his help has the responsibility of making sure that he doesn't look foolish. Adams doesn't look foolish for an easy bucket for the uh, Nuggets. But with Nerlens, he can still he can move up towards the perimeter. But because he's so long, he's able to at least wreak a little bit of havoc and maybe force some errant passes right. on offense for Denver. Um, it's worked out for the Thunder in terms of uh, whenever he's on the floor defensively. But um, you you just you're not going to play Nerlens Noel a lot more than possibly 14 to 15 minutes in a postseason matchup, and you're not going to take Steven Adams off the floor no matter how bad offensively he's going. Right. All right, this is Thunder First Take Postgame Show. Like I said, you can reach out to us on the phone line. If you're leaving the arena, we'd love to hear from you. That's 405-460-1077, the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline, as well as reach out to us on the text line. That's 88474-88474. Type the word text, a space, and your message, Nate. Well, let us know that you gave us a shout and read that on the air for you. We'd love to hear from you. We're also on Twitch, twitch.com backslash the franchise live. Leave us a chat there, uh, and we will be following that as well. Now, this is the Thunder First Take postgame show. We're live from the Flint restaurant underneath the Colt Court Hotel, just caddy corner to the Chesapeake Energy Arena. We'd love to see you. So if you're in the area, swing by, say hello. Me and Brady would love to shake your hand. My lovely wife is here as, as well. So if you want to see a moron who's... 
dumb enough to marry me, you can introduce yourself. Uh, so we will uh, be here for the next 45 minutes, uh, and we would love to meet you as well. So make sure you stick around. All right, we'll be back in a moment. This is 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Oklahoma City Thunder first take post game show live from the Flint restaurant underneath the Coco Hotel. Chisholm Hall and Brady Trantham here, and we would love to meet you. So make sure you swing by. Tell the nice people of Flint that we sent you your way. They'll take great care of you. Shane Cohen on Twitter at OkieSooner underscore 1988 would like us to know that the bench was ish and the rotations on defense were ish. This team is garbage. <laughs> well, they have certainly played uh, some, like something resembling garbage since the All Star break right. overall, but. Um, you know, this team's still going to make the playoffs, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I can under, I can certainly understand Thunder fans' frustrations right now. Absolutely, the frustration makes sense. And if you want to reach out to us and voice your frustrations, uh, much like he did on Twitter, you can reach us on Twitter at Chisholm Holland, two H's in Chisholm, at uh, Brady Does Sports, and as well at Let's see, I always mess this one up, Nathan. Don't tell me. At Nader's Nader's Five Sports. Is that right, Nate? That was oh. close. I'm terrible. Nader's terrible. Sports 5. Nader's Sports 5. Nader's with a Z. Nader's right. Sports 5. I failed. Uh, on Twitter, as well as the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline at 405-460-1077. 405-460-1077. And reach us out on the text line, 88474. Type the word text space in your message. Uh, no, but you uh, beat me to my point there a little bit here. Denver's one of the best teams in the league. Been one of the best teams in the league all year. That they are. So you have some momentum coming in from the Indiana game where you kind of miraculously pull out this historic run out of your backside. 24 People run. had a lot of uh, excitement about this team into it. Now they feel deflated losing to Denver at home. You could take this one of two ways, Brady. You could take this as they just lost another game. This backslide is continuing. Everything's not fixed just because they beat an Indiana team. Or you can say... Denver's one of the best teams in the league. They would have lost this game whether they were playing their hot streak or whether they weren't playing well at all. Yeah, I mean, losing to the Denver Nuggets is not it, – it, it, that should not be the reason why you think this team is garbage. Losing to the Golden State Warriors is the same way. Getting swept by the Denver, the Denver Nuggets this year is – I mean, they're like you said, they're one of the best teams. And have, but here the is jump. the problem. The problem is they've lost so many games. They've lost their margin for error. They were at, right after the All Star break when they defeated Utah. They were 18 games over 500. And now what are they? 30, 43 and 32. Not good, Brady. Yeah, they're not yeah, good. It's just um, again 44 and 30. Losing to the Toronto's at home, even in, in Oklahoma City. Losing to Golden State in OKC. Losing to Denver in OKC. Those three losses are not bad in and of themselves. But when you put them into the big picture of they threw out a stinker against uh, on the road against Memphis. They blew a, a game that they had complete control over in the third quarter on the road against Indiana, and then just all the other just head scratching losses. It's it just really this is where all the frustration is coming from. I mean, if the Thunder had just been a little bit better than 500 since the All Star break, I don't think that many people would be this up in arms. I think more people would be focusing on well, we'll t- we'll take our chances in the uh, postseason, but. Yeah, when you lose so many games and you lose so many games that you need to win, that's where that's where my my questioning comes from. That's where the frustration comes from. Yeah, this Thunder team has uh, been the definition of up and down in a lot of different ways. Uh, in large part, that feels like it's falling directly on the shoulders of their fearless leader, Russell Westbrook. Um, and I have personally been railing on Russell Westbrook for about a full 48 hours, so I don't want to dive in it too much. But, Brady, what did you think about Russell's performance tonight? 22 shots is more than we saw against Indiana. Uh, nine assists isn't some extreme number that's going to blow your socks off. The problem is, is he had six assists at the end of the first quarter. Now, th- this is one of those examples where, you know, that cute little Colin Cowherd stat that, that rolls around of, like, the Thunder are, like, many games be- like below 500 when Russell shoots 20-plus shots. And then when he shoots less than 20 shots, the Thunder have a really, really good record. This is one of those examples of this is why he took 22 shots tonight, because the Thunder were constantly down 10 points. And with Paul George not hitting his shots and pretty much early on, okay, if you're not going to score, I'm the second, I'm the either the first or the second best offensive player on this team. If the Thunder are going to come back, it's going to be because of me, Russell Westbrook. And, you know, going back to 2016-17 when he won the MVP, those things happened a lot. 
Last year it happened kind of sprinkled here and there, and this year it's been a little bit more few, uh, few and far between between uh, in terms of Russell coming back to win games on his own. But he's more than capable of doing that. So I'm never going to I'm never going to criticize Russell for taking too many shots when the Thunder are down. Um, because it was not because of his play early on. I thought Russell was really good in the first quarter when the game was uh, it was just kind of a back-and-forth affair. Once it got out of hand when Russell was off the floor, because the numbers with uh, Russ off the floor and Paul on the floor are terrible for the Thunder. And, again, it's just one of those things where Paul's not a terrible player in his own right. He's de- obviously dealing with some soreness in his shoulder. He was a game-time decision tonight. But, this is again, this is just one of those examples of don't file this under the, oh, the Thunder lost tonight because Russell took 22 shots. Ah, oh, trade him. That's garbage. Yeah, I don't That's, know if anybody's calling for his trade. Let me. Uh, oh, let's just let's just peruse the Twitter machine. And let, me, <laughs> let me let uh, me let me pitch an idea out at you, because this actually fall, falls in my little cockamamie theory here. Because I hear that point a lot. Is that Russell shoots a lot when they're down, trying to claw back into it, and for eighty-nine to ninety percent of the games, I totally agree with you. That's that's the truth. This feels like that ten percent where he was trailing in a lot of ways. But it wasn't an insurmountable lead, and he no, was no, it, shooting a lot, therefore making the deficit larger, making it harder to overcome. He's just essentially digging the hole deeper. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. I could just, I think... Because at, at any point in this game, did this feel like he was out of reach? Like, oh man, it's going to take a miracle yes, to get the, them back into the this. The Thunder one. were not down 15 or 20. It wasn't a huge deficit where it's just like, okay, Russell, just start jacking them up. But I th- it was fairly apparent early on, if you're watching the game on TV, you were watching it on uh, your computer, so I assume an illegal Reddit stream. <laughs> um, um, I was in the arena for the first half. Um, I knew early on Paul ain't, Paul ain't going to save the Thunder tonight unless he just gets hot at the end, and he almost right? did. He got hot at the end. But uh, it was really apparent But the Thunder's offense needed Russell Westbrook. Let's just travel back 48 hours. First half of Indiana, nobody could hit the broadside of a barn. No. But Russell was facilitating, facilitating, facilitating. Came out in the second half. Had every op- If he would have came out and shot 17 times in the second half because of how bad everyone was shooting in the first half, no one would have said anything to him. That's true. He stuck with it. They overcame a lead, and they won the game. It feels like, in a lot of ways, if he does the same thing tonight, I'm not saying the outcome is any different, but we don't know. This is one of those games where it feels like he might have not, he didn't shoot them out of it initially, but he made the deficit bigger than it needed to be. You're going to give yourself a headache unless you take that Indiana game and just throw it out because that game was a perfect example of Russell overcorrecting to prove a point. Everybody trashed him for that Memphis performance. Everybody. It was terrible. He played awful. The team played awful. Those things happened. The Indiana game was just a perfect example of Russ saying, okay, I'm not going to shoot and I'm going to prove to everybody how good I can be as a distributor. And the reason why I know that was because just watching the game, there are a few few instances where he should have shot the ball, but he didn't. Oh, yeah, he passed up and then fast forward I've talked to, about that. And then fast forward to the locker room. Royce Young uh, covers the Thunder for ESPN, does a wonderful job, has a great, great relationship with not only the team, but even Russell guys on the team, Russell Westbrook. And Royce asked a very fair question to Russell after that game. He asked him, did you see something in film that made you think I need to be more of a distributor tonight? And Russell just said, next question. That's what happens. That game was a complete just overcorrection to prove a point. But in the Thunder's favor, it, it helped. The Thunder won. But just take that out of the entire equation because you're just going to give yourself a headache if you're going to use that logic to carry it over to tonight because it's just it just doesn't apply. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm s- I, know. I just know there's going to be a lot of people out there like me tonight who are going to say, well, if I mean, usually when we have these overcorrections, because he's done this in his career, it's like on a nine-month timer. Every nine months we have one of those. But usually it's four or five games in a row of him overcorrecting. This seemed to be like a one-off to prove a point, and now he's moved forward. I'm not entirely sure, but Russell Westbrook's play has been puzzling from the jump. Uh, we actually need to move, though. Move forward, get Nate involved back in studio. Nate Baldwin doing a great job as always, and he's going to take us around the association. Really, really quick, Nate. This is going to be kind of funny because for our listeners that have been tuning in since the show started, you remember when Chisholm said that Golden State lost? They did not lose. It's double overtime right now in Minnesota. (laughs) Never count out the Warriors is what I have learned. Bit of an early call there. It's all good, though. Of course, our game, Nuggets Thunder, 115-105. Trailblazers, though, beat the Hawks in Atlanta, 118-98. Poor Trey. Yeah. 
Not a not a good performance, but hey, Trailblazers is a pretty good team. Celtics though win at home in a close one against Indiana, 114 to 112, on a little uh, I think it was a last second shot by uh, Kyrie to win the game. That was a really good one. Jazz are up with about 25 seconds left in the third quarter over the Wizards, 92 to 87, and of course the Warriors and Timberwolves going into double OT. And, of course, the Lakers-Hornets in the late game. First quarter, still 5-4 Hornets, so that one's got a lot to go. Hornets still in the picture for the East. Cannot believe it. Yeah, and they cut, they, they're scheduled down the stretch. It's basically just every team ahead of them. Thank you, Jeremy Lamb. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, indeed, might have saved their season with a half-court shot. Uh, Golden State has now got a fan base that has never cheered against them more than Denver's fan base is cheering against them right now. <laughs> uh, obviously, if war- the Warriors find a way to lose against the Timberwolves in double overtime, which... Go ahead and color me skeptical that's going to happen. But if it did, Warriors and uh, Denver would be tied first place. I have no idea what the tiebreaker situation is. I but believe Golden State has the series record on that one. Oh, there you go. Think, I think Denver got one Even early when they lose, they win. I think Denver got one early on them, and then since then Golden State has, like, destroyed Denver. Basically, when Golden State cares, they destroy everybody in their path. They're like the Terminator. <laughs> They're like the Terminator. All right. Uh, the 115-105 victory of the Denver Nuggets over the Oklahoma City Thunder is what we're talking about here on the Thunder First Take postgame show. Underneath the underneath the Cold Core Hotel in the Flint Restaurant. It's so beautiful. And if you want to. It is beautiful. The food's great. Had the salmon. It was so, so good. It was. So, so it good. was. I had the hanger steak and the shrimp. It smelled really good. Next level. Next level. Uh, sweet potato fries. Also good. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can do that on the text line, 405-460-1077. That's a Little Caesars Hot and Ready hotline, as well as the text line, 88474. Type the word text, a space, and then your message. Nate will let us know and read that on air. Make sure you air your grievances. I'm sure there's a lot of people pretty upset right now with what's going on in Oklahoma City, and for good reason. One of the biggest reasons to be upset, Brady, though, is the bench. The bench, again, does not look incredible. Nerlens Noel, a bright spot, sure. But Dennis Schroeder, nine points. Markeith Morris supposed to be this big buyout free agent signing. I mean, one they, of five. They almost two air balls from three, and he was one of four from the three point. They line. tried to book the parade the day they signed Markeith Morris, and now he has five or three points off the bench. And Denver in fifteen minutes, Abdul Nader only five points. Nine man rotation, not a lot of productivity from either any of these guys. This is a team I was excited about coming into the year. I thought their bench was going to be better than it's ever been. Yeah, and. I mean, the problem is, is that the bench is just so reliant on one guy. They're so reliant on Dennis Schroeder to score for him. If he's not going to score, then, I mean, quite frankly, I'm surprised the Thunder only got outscored 31-25. I'm surprised the Thunder got 25 points because um, outside of Noel, there was really not, not that much of a bright spot. I mean, I thought Schroeder was going to – he started off the game fairly well when he came into the game early in the first quarter. He had seven points, I think, uh, early in the second quarter. So I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be a good Schroeder scoring game. The Thunder are going to need it if – you know, it, it really just comes down to if one of the two between Russell and Paul, if they can just score, if one of those two can score, preferably Paul for all the reasons we talked about, and then Schroeder also shows up from um, scoring the basketball, this team's hard to this team's hard to beat. But you know, since Schroeder has had his child, um, two games prior to the All Star break when he left the team, uh, since that time, I can only really remember two good Dennis Schroeder games, and one of them was that loss against Memphis, because he was he was basically the only reason why the Thunder were at least down six at halftime. Right. Without him, they would have just been blown out by double digits from start to finish, but yeah, there's only been two good Schroeder games that I can remember so far in this terrible, terrible stretch of basketball. Yeah, I mean, and when you go into the playoff, rotations get shorter. Bench, the bench play means less and less as you go. But you got to have three guys, two guys, who can come in and do something. And right now, it doesn't feel like they have much of anything on the bench. Yeah. Um, like, I said it on Twitter to somebody. Would I mean, it shock you if Raymond Felton's playing playoff minutes? And I don't mean that being funny. He played 25 seconds tonight. There you go. <laughs> Tally him up. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, if we get into the playoffs, if we get into the playoffs, and this is the type of play we see in the first first two games, I promise you, Billy will take the jersey, the warm-up top off of Raymond Felton and strut him out there before he throws out Abdul Nader, who's not playing well. It'll happen, and then every Thunder fan's going to throw up their hands and go, what's going on? It's going, well, they played like trash for a month. The bench has been bad for a month. Yeah. I mean, no question. I mean, it, it just, again, it just comes it just comes down to Dennis Schroeder because Markeith Morris, like you said, Chisholm, has just not been the player that um, I think the team thought they were signing uh, when the buyout happened, um, especially Thunder fans. 
Um, just not the player, not the performances that you need out of a guy that's going to play. You know, he's not—he's going to play about 15 minutes a game, but he has such a pivotal role. So, um, you know, Nerlens Noel, of course, is the bright spot tonight, but his scoring is always going to be a cherry on top. He's, he's mainly there for rebounds, for defense. Um, he's always... He got two steals tonight. I mean, he always, or no, excuse me, he had two blocks. Um, that's what he's there for, his length and his athleticism. Right. His ability cause to cause havoc. Yeah, just to cause havoc, which is what the Thunder's defensive identity is, is to cause havoc and force turnovers. Again, it's just, I get how the Thunder are so nostalgic for the, the James Harden factor of you have one guy off the bench that scores all the points. Right. I get that, but when it works, it's beautiful, and it's great, and you probably win north of 85% of your games when you've got three guys scoring at 20 points a game. When it doesn't work that way, you've got to pray for a 20 of 43 performance from the three-point line, and this team just cannot do that consistently. They are not built to shoot threes. This is the Thunder First Take postgame show on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise in Oklahoma City. A little bit of a correction here from the Around the Association. The Warriors Timberwolves they have just lost. were in overtime. The Timberwolves had the ball with under a second remaining, threw an alley-oop to Carl Anthony Towns, and the late, late whistle from an official put Towns on the line to shoot two free throws. He buried one of them with .5 seconds left, and they win the game 131-130. to Therefore, forcing a tie between the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors, the top of the Western Conference. So a little bit of a correction there, questionable call, a funny finish in a lot of ways, but thought we might clean up uh, that mess in case anybody's out there uh, looking to get that information. I will say, um, just from my personal perspective, um, as much as I would love to go to uh, Oakland slash San Francisco, I would I would love even more to go to Denver. So if the Thunder stay at the eight spot, which <laughs> is what they are now, after, after they lost tonight, they drop back to eight. If it's 8-1 OKC Denver, um, Brady and Madison will be very, very happy. We loved our time in Denver about a month ago. That was fun. Uh, well, cool. We're all cheering for your flights, Kevin. That's all we're concerned about, really, is where you're traveling to. Hey, it's, it works out for everybody. I don't think you'll get that many 930 tip-offs if that's the, if that's the matchup. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. We're going to do the who that dunk that here just in one moment. Uh, but before we get to there, I want to go ahead and mention the fact that the bench play has not been good. But Jeremy Grant was someone who was progressing in the right direction in a lot of ways, but tonight comes back with a 3 of 8 performance, only two rebounds. Uh, found himself with three personal fouls. Overall, though, someone who looked like the trajectory was going the right direction for the playoffs, and those players are few and far between for this Thunder team. Not the case Not the case right now, Jeremy Grant. Not a uh, great performance there from Denver. But let's go ahead, Nate, and do the who that dunk that. <laughs> Something, something Cajun. Oh, come on. You've seen The Office. Yeehaw! You are out of order, sir. You are out of order. <laughs> Which, that's uh, that's just Southern. That's not Cajun. But, you know, it's going to work for our purposes. Well, I do declare. I declare. I feel like I need right. some gumbo. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the same thing. I know. Uh, all right, Brady. Let's all talk about our favorite Office quotes. That would be way more interesting than this game. Go ahead and uh, hit us with your Who That Dunk That. Well, I had it written down. Let me find it. Where are you, sir? There you are. Hiding in the weeds. Minute 58 left in the second quarter. Um, the Thunder, I believe, Paul George gets, or it was Russell. Russell gets a steal, errant pass from the Nuggets, goes down the floor, and the Nuggets just all, they join together really quickly and say, let's not guard Steven Adams. Let's just not do it. We'll see what happens. Quick Ma- maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Sometimes that and works against the Thunder. Unfortunately for them. Stephen Adams just ran straight down the middle. No one was around him, and Russell found him. Dunk. Yay! Two points. Big slam. If only it were about a 10-point shot, maybe the Thunder could have come back and won. (laughs) No 10-point shots in basketball, but that is your who that dunk that. No, sir. Uh, And that is going to do it for us here in the second segment. Chisholm Holland, Brady Trantham, live from the Flint Restaurant underneath the Cocor Hotel. Great food, great drinks, great people. All the way around, and we are covering the Oklahoma City Thunder loss, 115-105, to 105, to the Denver Nuggets. We'd love to hear from you if you're leaving the arena, if you're at home watching and you've had a couple drinks, even more so from you then. There are quite a few people having some drinks here now. Yes, there are a lot of drinks being handed out here at Flint. Everybody uh, So fun. come by and see us, but reach out to us on the Little Cedars Hot and Ready Hotline at 460-1077, 460-1077, as well as the text line 8474. Type the word text, a space, and your message. And we'd be glad to read that on the air. Air your 
your grievances. Tell us what you feel. How confident are you about the Thunder's outlook in the playoffs? We'll get into all the, that and more, though. The Thunder do need a Festivus right now. Thunder fans need a Festivus. The daring of grievances? And the feats of strength. Then you get the pole and everything. Yeah. Some, somebody needs to arm someone, wrestle um, Stephen Adams. Someone mail a Festivus pole to Chesapeake. <laughs> Please, for the love of God. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll be back in one moment. We are live from the Flint Restaurant underneath the Cold Core Hotel on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City. 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa. Better first day postgame show, Chisholm Holland. At Chisholm Holland. Brady Trantham. That's me. Brady does sports. And at Naders. Sports. Sports. Five. Boom. There you go. Nate. Yeah. Nailed Boom. it. Nailed it. Give us all a follow. We talk about sports sometimes. We all do this for a living, so give us a little bit of love here on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show. We are live from Flint underneath the Cold Core Hotel. Got great steak. I had it. Got great shrimp. I had some of that, too. My wife had the salmon. She loved it. Cocktails, also good. I'm a fan of everything here at Flint. I wouldn't know that. My mommy doesn't want me to drink. Oh, man. <laughs> you have a long life ahead of you. I want to be a good boy. Good for you. I don't. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, all right. So uh, we are live from the Flint Restaurant. Come by and see us. Reach out to us on the Little Seagulls Hot and Ready Hotline, 460-1077, and the text line, 8474. Type the word text, a space, and your message. And we would love to hear from you and your thoughts about this Denver win that makes it six in a row over the Oklahoma City Thunder going back to last year. So the Nuggets have had the Thunder's number in large part. But more importantly, Brady, this is a podcast. Well, it's live radio, and it's a podcast. It's both. Oh, yeah. We just threw it's a it. It's patio. We just threw it all over you without you even knowing. Yes, this is going to double as the OKC82 podcast that uh, Madison Morris and myself both do after every single Thunder game, home or away. You can listen to the podcast uh, wherever uh, podcasts are heard. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher. Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yes, sir. Spotify? Um, no, because Spotify ruins uh, the artist. So screw Spotify. Okay. <laughs> screw those guys. <laughs> um, yeah. Check us out. Follow us. We've actually got a little um, uh, contest going on April 2nd. That'll that. be That'll be during the Lakers game on Tuesday. Uh, if you have a Twitter, you've probably seen the video tossed around today. Um, if not, everyone... I'll just give it a really quick so it doesn't take forever. But um, basically, for all of our current subscribers and followers that have been great, we've um, got a few hundred of those. Thank you guys so much. But um, the first five questions that we get Tuesday night following the Lakers game, your names will be put into a raffle. This is, of course, on Twitter. Uh, your names will be put into a raffle. And then un- unsubscribe people, if you subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it while um, giving us a five-star review, the first five uh, people from that will be put into a raffle. And we can, you guys can win some prizes. There is a Russell Westbrook and Brumble the Bison giving each other a high five bobblehead, and it's oh, that's strong. It's pretty big. I put a picture of it next to my Keurig. Next to a Keurig. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty big. And then we've got some OKC Thunder snapback hats, and we're working on some other prizes in case we get a few more people than we anticipate. So uh, yeah, just look out for that and uh, follow us along. We have a lot of fun doing it. Perfect, perfect. Well, the OKC eighty two podcast is a great way to stay in touch with this Oklahoma City Thunder team after every single game. So make sure you give Brady and Madison a little bit of love, uh, as I'm an avid subscriber and re- recommend it to just about anybody. It's free. It's free. It is free. It's free. You know what, Brady? It's kick ass. It is kick ass. So I think it's time that we probably do our kick ass play of the game. Riff. Wait, this segment was literally made for you, so this is all you Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That devil music, man. Devil music. <laughs> I saw you play guitar on Twitter. I knew you played guitar, but that was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I might have been feeling myself the other day. Feeling <laughs> Let's play some Damage Incorporated. Do you want to see Brady play guitar? Go to Brady Does Sports on Twitter. <laughs> yes. I don't do music. That's why the handle says otherwise. Uh, the 1025 mark. Brady Does first... Guitar doesn't quite roll off the tongue No, it well. doesn't, nor does it actually occur. Um, the 10:25 mark of the third quarter. Terrence Ferguson steals the ball, jumps. Well, actually, he fell on the floor. He dove on the floor to steal the ball from Nikola Jokic, or Jamal Murray. Excuse me. Jokic applies later. Stole the ball from Jamal Murray. Slides on the floor. Throws it back to a streaking Stephen Adams down the floor. And the only guy to stop a Stephen Adams dunk was Nikola Jokic, who wisely tried to just uh, stand there and take a charge. And like we said earlier, Stephen Adams euroed. 
the Euro from Serbia and got the bucket. That was awesome, uh, but that should kind of tell you the picture that the Thunder's half-court offense was not that much to write home about because that was a fast-break opportunity. Yay! Yeah, you were really uh, parsing through this team trying to find some uh, I highlight material. Th- some nights they're easy. Some nights they're n- they're not so easy. And yep. Tonight was one of those nights. Denver 115. But that was a pretty kick-ass possession, I must it say. It was a kick-ass possession. That's why I got the kick-ass play of the game. The yeah. Brady Trantham kick-ass player of the game. Memorial? No, you're not dead. Never mind. Just the kick-ass play of the game. I am still here. Can't confirm. Denver Nuggets 115. The Oklahoma City Thunder 105. It's the 32nd loss of the year for Oklahoma City. They are sitting at 44-32 and 32 in an eighth in the Western Conference standings. And I know suddenly a lot of Thunder fans were like, man, maybe we can get to the three seed. Maybe we can really push and get some home court advantage. And suddenly, here's what, can we play anybody but Golden State? Is that an option? What are your thoughts on the playoffs, Brady? My thoughts on the playoffs, or I wish they would have started two weeks ago because this time of the year is just so, ugh, who cares? Who just cares? Like, the, Well, apparently the, the, everyone but the Thunder. Well, yeah, the, there's some truth to that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, good thing for them it doesn't start. It hadn't started two weeks ago because they'd probably already be out of it if they continued to play like oh, this. Yeah. The Thunder, of course, I, I don't want to completely throw them in the garbage right now. Um, they have played like garbage overall since the All-Star break, except for some bright spots here and there. Uh, they're kind of going through this stretch now where they'll have a big win, loss, and that first one was very, very, very bad, that Memphis one. And then a win, a very impressive one against a very good team in Indiana, the uh, fourth or fifth seed. I, don't, I can't remember what it is now after they lost to Boston tonight. Uh, but a quality opponent, no doubt. And then a, disappoint, a disappointment in terms of your, your, your main guys didn't do what they're out there to do in terms of scoring the basketball. But when your best guy uh, scoring the basketball is dealing with more than just uh, – Shoulder soreness, that's what they're going to call it. That's what they're going to call it until the Thunder are done playing basketball. But I'm here to tell you guys, I will not be surprised that when the Thunder are done this season, uh, we're going to learn just exactly how injured Paul George was. Yeah, I mean, coming out of the All-Star break, it was his right shoulder that caused him to miss some time tonight. It was his left shoulder. So Colby Powell made this joke. I don't know really what else to say, but guy needs a different mattress. Sleep on your (laughs) back, Paul. Like, how are two separate shoulders sore enough where you potentially are going to miss time from both of them? I'm not entirely well, sure. Well, he he got hurt in the last Denver matchup in Denver. He got hurt in that one. Uh, that one, uh, Madison and I were in the locker room uh, on the road, and Paul George kind of weirdly didn't talk to the media afterwards, but he's kind of done. Sometimes he'll just sit in the cold tub, and it's just like, okay, that's why he wasn't available. Um, he didn't talk that night. No one really questioned anything. Um, but the next day it was revealed that he had shoulder soreness. He missed the next three games. And then I believe the second game that he came back, it was a home game. I can't remember who it was against. I think it might have been Brooklyn, the home win against Brooklyn. Uh, Paul said that he actually got hit in the right shoulder, and that was kind of hurt. But I think that one was much more minor than the left. The left is the one that is really giving him trouble. And that's the one that always has the, the I can't even remember what it's called, the tape. On his left shoulder camera. Kinetic? The, the kinetic. Kinesiology. Something like kinetic that. Kinetic en- energy. Whatever it's called. KTT. Um, yeah, it's... There we go. That's why. But, that's the whole reason Nate's here. Dynamite drop in I there, said, Nate. I said, Nate, you need to memorize the name of this tape. Tape, Otherwise, you're not allowed to produce the show. That's what I said. So Whoa. thank you, Nate, for coming in hot. Um, but yeah, it. it's... <laughs> here's, here's one thing real quick before we get too far into the Paul George's hurt rabbit hole. He's obviously well enough to play. Yeah. I just if it was just, causing long term issues, they wouldn't allow him to play. Maybe it's just because it's so similar to last year, how last year turned out. I just do not want this season to be kind of the excuse machine of well, if Paul George didn't get hurt, who knows? Well, last year, if Andre Robertson doesn't get hurt, what could have happened? Like I just I you can say I that about this year too. I don't want to use that excuse anymore. Yeah, Paul is healthy enough to be out there. He's effective enough. He scores enough points, but. Again, I just can't, I cannot deny what my eyes see, and that is just, it's not just a different Paul George, it's just a, it's a much different Paul George, and a lot of it really isn't his fault in terms of he's just cold. He's just obviously dealing with something with that shoulder injury. Right, and you bring up a good point, Brady. If there's anybody out there who's selling you the, the bill of goods that, well, Paul George is hurt, so that really alleviates a lot of this, or, you know, Andre Robertson hasn't played a whole lot of 
time this year. Actually, he hasn't played any. You know, so that I mean that really that really explains a lot of it. Or you know, Russell Westbrook. Don't don't buy into it. This team is so talented from top to bottom. I said in the top segment, and I mean it now. As far as just talent, ranking a talented roster, this is the most talented roster since the Thunder made the finals. Just top to bottom, one through twelve, and I know that's a large list. Yes. Top tier talent. They've had more talent than they have right now. But as far as one through twelve, everybody being able to play some kind of a role on this team. This is the best they've ever been since the finals team. Um, and that's when Reggie Jackson wasn't playing any minutes and he yeah. turned out to be okay. Um, so there's not a lot of excuses for me on why this team shouldn't be winning 50 games. There, there are not a lot of excuses because of how we saw this team play early on. We know what this team is capable of, and it's it's on them that they're not continuing that and streak. Not, not the winning streak before the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that year, was unsustainable. When they couldn't buy a basket, mm-hmm. their offense was horrible yeah. they were still winning games yeah billy said it after that toronto win he said that that back-to-back with the raptors you saw how great the thunder could be and then you could saw how mediocre and average they could be that is an exact quote from billy donovan and it's it's completely true this team has the ability to look like world beaters they look like it's they at times they look like the team that that is the squad that can push golden state to seven and then there are nights where they lose to memphis who has i mean nba players G League guys, <laughs> they have players. Uh, yeah, they've got guys that are, put the jerseys on, they put the shorts on, the yeah, sneakers. There's people under contract. They go out there and they do the little pick and roll and they they do their thing, and then they drop all the points against Oklahoma City's defense. But that's why it's that's why it's disappointing. But at the same time, if you really look at this roster, and I'm here to tell everybody on Twitter um, that have been saying in my mentions for the last two weeks, this team needs three point shooters. I get that, completely hear you. But guess what? So does everybody else. Three-point yeah. shooters are hard to come by. They're like, that would be like 20 years ago saying this team needs a center. Everybody wanted a center 20 years ago. That's right. how the game was played. Um, the Thunder, they made. Do you not think some of that self-inflicted though? No, it, it's they drafted Hamadou Diallo. It certainly is. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, it really rides on him. We've seen his potential. It, like I said earlier, if he makes that similar jump into year three as he did from year one to year two, I think the Thunder's offense will be fine. I think cause Yeah, when Michael Jordan's out there, they'll be okay. <laughs> because, I mean, of course, you're going to hope that Paul George continues this MVP-level caliber play for the rest of his prime in Oklahoma City. We know what Russell's capable of. If they just have a third guy, a knockdown scorer in Terrence Ferguson, who can just hit four or five shots, they don't all have to be threes, but just hit four or five shots a game, this offense will be fine. And then if Dennis Schroeder is going to be on the squad next year or the foreseeable future or if he's gone, you replace him with somebody else, you get three or four guys that are all on the same page scoring, the offense is fine. You don't need to find all the role players that shoot all the threes, like 38% from three. That's just not realistic because everybody wants them. Those prices are high. The Thunder tried to get Wesley Matthews and Wayne Ellington out of the buyout market when they were available, but they wanted to, A, start, and B, get the most money. And the Thunder, A, don't have a lot of money, and they weren't going to give them starting spots because they really like Terrence Ferguson and the defense that he brings. Yeah. Uh, My final point on that is kind of what I alluded to. I agree with Brady in a lot of senses that every single team is trying to get three-point shooting. So when a guy like Wes Matthews or a guy like Wayne Ellington come onto the market and they're available, they're going to get a lot of interest from a lot of people. I think where Thunder fans' frustration is rightfully placed is that they never spend assets that they already have on shooting. That being second-round picks, that being any – they never say, oh, we drafted this one guy, and he's got an incredible three-point shot. We don't know if he can do anything else. That's the Thunder model. He's 5'10", but all he can do is shoot threes. We never hear that story. That's the Thunder model, though, and that's just something that – So that's my point. The criticism might be fair because they're choosing not to do that. Brooklyn's doing that, and they find Joe Harris. I'm not saying they find a Joe Harris out there. The Thunder could have easily drafted Joe Harris. Could they not? I don't think that's a very Thunder. That's not like a Thunder player. Well, I'm saying that they could have. No one, no one knew Joe. Oh, he Joe, got drafted after Hamid no, Nobody knew Joe Harris was going to be like this. The no. Thunder could have drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo instead of Stephen Adams. But well, nobody knew that Giannis was going to be Giannis. I'm, I guess, yes. I, I agree with your sentiment there. Hamadou Diallo could be something. You can't retroactively go back and hold them accountable for people they missed on. Deontay Burton is, could be something. Yes, I agree with all that. My point is is that they haven't taken a swing on anybody and missed. It's not like they're trying to get three-point shooting. They're trying to get athletes and they're trying to get defense, and then when they swing and miss on that, okay. But you know what they're trying to get. They haven't spent assets on just three-point shooting that they already have. If they would have drafted a couple of kids out of Murray State or a guy from Kent State. You mean like Cameron Payne? 
<laughs> Sorry, that's a bad example. Uh, they were drafted someone from Kent State or Kansas State. It's like, what do they do? They shoot really, really well. Well, can they play in the NBA? We're not sure. And then they don't work out. I think Thunder fans would be a lot more forgiving of the three-point, the, the we-don't-have-three-point shooting mm-hmm. argument. But they haven't spent assets on it, ever, yeah. ever, ever. They no, always try to do the buyout market. They always try to do the cheap free agency market. And that hasn't worked because people generally don't want to come here. Well, the Thunder were once the highest payroll in NBA history until they, did, like, some, until they did some cap gymnastics. Month, three weeks? Um, look, I, I get the frustration, and I get that, that that way of thinking, that philosophy of so-and-so could be something. I get that that's flawed. But it's worked for the Thunder before in some cases, and yes, that was all at the beginning, and that was Kevin Durant, that was Russell Westbrook, that was James Harden. Um, I, I get that it's flawed, um, but like you said, Chisholm, not a lot of people want to come here in the first place. Number two, the Thunder's money is really tied up in their top three guys, Absolutely. In Adams, Paul, and Russell, it's and sure. they have to do that because you can't get those level of players to stay here unless you op- you can offer them a-, a successful foundation of winning, which the Thunder certainly are capable of and have shown, and a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, right. It's not like Paul took a significant pay cut to stay here. No, no, he- no. He's getting paid. So the Thunder's money is tied up in their top three guys. So uh, if the Thunder are going to have like a team of role players that can all shoot 37% from three, you, you might have to – you might have to say goodbye to some some guys that this fan base no, really, really loves. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying spend the assets you have instead of drafting a guy in the second round that's not going to play. I, I forget. They drafted two guys this year who are on the blue team, who I'm sure his names you remember who I don't. Kid from UCLA who tore his ACL, uh, who played very well down there. Uh, but they spend assets on long, athletic guys who have upside and potential, but they never spend assets on guys who are just three-point shooters, who could end up being Joe Harris. Let's circle this back to Ferguson real quick. This is my major problem with him outside of his foul happiness at times. On But on offense, 36 minutes of play, one shot. I don't care if he's 0 for 5. I like that he takes those five shots because he has to make the defense respect him. Right. And if he's just out there only shooting one shot, and maybe that's because uh, Russell or Paul didn't do a very good job of finding him, but really a lot of the times it really depends on on Terrence Ferguson to get open and force the hand of his teammates to give him the ball. He just needs to be more aggressive. But again, last year was his rookie year. He played sparingly. This is his first year as a starter. This is basically still his rookie year. He's still learning, and he's made great strides already. So you can safely assume that he could possibly make the same strides next year. But that's still kind of a big if, and the thing with him is just always going to be consistency. But I just want to see more aggression than I saw tonight, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're going to do the Thunder Killer of the game uh, here in (laughs) one moment. But, yeah, Terrence Ferguson's uh, growth long-term is something this team is going to have to monitor, and they're going to need stuff from Deontay Burton next year. They're going to need stuff from Hamid Diallo. But let's not worry about this. Let's not worry about next year. Let's worry about this year, Brady, with Thunder Killer of the game. Thunder Killer of the game. Does it it have music? There There we go. Sorry. There we go. Now we're hot. Now we're rolling. All right, Brady, who's your choice? Thunder killer of the game. Player on the Denver Nuggets who killed the Thunder tonight. Well, Jokic was the efficient silent killer with uh, uh, 10 to 16, 23 points, 16 rebounds. My goodness. Three assists, one steal. But really, it really seemed like Jamal Murray hit every shot against every single Thunder run. If it wasn't for Jamal Murray, Jokic could have had this same performance. If, if Murray just had a poor shooting night, uh, 11 of 20, 3 of 9 from the three-point line, uh, five rebounds, nine assists. Mike Malone in the postgame, uh, right after the game, said that that was by far the best game Jamal Murray played in a Nuggets uniform. High praise for a guy that's been a very, very exciting player coming um, since he's been drafted. Uh, but it's, it's true. The Nuggets don't win this game unless Jamal Murray plays like he did, and that's why the Thunder lost. Yeah, I'm gonna. I totally agree with you. That was my first round draft pick, but since it's off the board, I'm gonna go with number two sneaky pick here. This is the sleep. This is the Giannis of this draft class. No one's talking about him. He's gonna be a superstar of a choice. Gary Harris played the best defense on Paul George I have seen in quite some time today. I said this early in the pregame show. If that guy plays all 82 games, he missed a big chunk of giant, big chunk, chunk of time. <laughs> Big chunk of time at the start of the year uh, that is causing, I think he's going to end up right at the 60-game mark. But if he had played closer to 80, the guy would have made an all-defense team. Not first team, 
But maybe that second or third team, that guy's incredible. Gary Harris does a great job out in the perimeter, and I thought he played really well against Paul George tonight. So uh, there's my thunder killer of the game. We have one more segment before we get out of here. That's going to be the Stat Cat here in a moment. But we are live from the Flint restaurant underneath the Cold Court Hotel. Great food, great drinks, great people, great wait staff. Met the manager in the before the pregame show started. He was a frustrated Thunder fan, but if you come up here, I'm sure he would tell you about that and take great care of you as well. So come up here to the Flint Restaurant. They do a great job of hosting us here at all of the home games for the Oklahoma City Thunder, as well as reach out to us on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline, 405-460-1077, 405-460-1077. That's a lot of numbers, man. As well as the text <laughs> line, 8474, type Texas Space, and your message. And Nate will read that on air for you. Brady, I think you had a point, and I cut you off. Um, did I have a point? I don't know. I rarely have a point. You took a breath. Yeah. You took a breath. I was anticipating a point. I apologize. Um, I was I was just going to say, like, the efficiency from Denver's uh, starting five is just insane. I mean, like you said, Gary Harris, really incredible defense. He also had the worst shooting night of the starting five, which is saying something because he was 3 of 7, which isn't terrible. He was 2 of 4 from the three-point line. But Will Barton, 5 of 8. Paul Millsap, 6 of 8. Already said Jokic, 10 of 16. Already said Murray, 11 of 20. Just everybody's dangerous on that squad. Yeah. I cannot wait to see Denver in the postseason. And, I mean, hopefully it's against the Thunder because, like, for the reasons I said. But um, there, there is some reason to be up. Like, you don't have to be completely doom and gloom if the Thunder draw the Nuggets. Um, you don't have to be completely doom and gloom. There is some optimism. I do like some matchups in OKC's favor. It just comes down to, does Paul George, does his shoulder suddenly become well enough to drop 30 points on 14 shots yeah. like we saw pre-All-Star? How talented is the Denver Nuggets? Well, let me tell you. Isaiah Thomas is on their bench. Two years ago was an MVP candidate, not playing any minutes. Well, he didn't play in Cleveland either. Not hurt, just not playing. How talented is Denver? Let me tell you twice, Brady. They just drafted the guy who a lot of thought, a lot of people thought would be the number one pick going into the college season in Michael yep. Porter Jr., and he hasn't played a single minute for them this year because he has back problems. And Goodness if, gracious, if is Denver talented. If he's a... I mean, half the player that he's projected to be without the injuries, oh my goodness, Denver. Absolutely. Denver's going to be good for a while. I went to high school with his sisters. That's a random fact. Yeah, there you go. What were their names, Nate? Uh, Wait, Michael Brianna Jr. went to high school in Oklahoma? No, in Missouri. Columbia, You're from Missouri. Missouri? Yeah. Am I learning things There's today? so many revelations on the show. <laughs> That's why I'm my number things. has a different area code. I don't know that, Nate. I don't pay attention to that. <laughs> I have a, Nate, I love you. I have an iPhone. I don't know my wife's number. I legitimately cannot tell you my wife's cell phone number. I have no idea. I have an iPhone. Those it days tracks are gone. that for me. Absolutely. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. We are pushing the limits on the time, so go ahead and let the stack get in. Well, if I knew you were going to sing, I wouldn't have had him play the bumper. I just let you sing us in. Yeah, I don't think I could have done that. the meows. Yeah, Nate could have meowed. You could have sang us in. You could have told us some stories about Michael Porter Jr.'s sisters. <laughs> this is the inside info we're looking for. If Jerry, if Jerry Ramsey were here, he'd demand inside information. He would. He, he would, he would. He would. All right, uh, I have a stat cat. If you have one, you could let him in as well, Brady. But my stat cat, the Oklahoma City Thunder were famously had the most challenging schedule remaining in the NBA. Last time I did a post-game show with you, I told you they did not have the hardest schedule anymore. They had the third hardest schedule. Good news, everybody. The Oklahoma City Thunder have the seventh hardest schedule remaining. Their toughest games, fill out the home stretch, are Milwaukee, the Rockets, and Detroit. Their easiest opponents are going to be the Mavericks, the Lakers, and the Timberwolves, who just got a big win over the Golden State Warriors. So I don't know if that one is quite so easy anymore either. Uh, but no longer the hardest schedule, the seventh hardest schedule, Brady. Which is still pretty hard. There are, it's still pretty tough. There's 30 teams. There are 30 teams. So there's 22 people who have an easier schedule. Hmm. I mean, StatCat tonight, uh, the L, the Thunder lost. <laughs> That's a sad stat. Yeah, there's, there's, there's your stat. That's your your advanced stat. analytics that everybody loves so much. Come on, you can't give me like an efficiency number here or an assist ratio? I mean, I mean I can, can you make up something? Just throw out some number in the triple digits and okay. say they're in the top ten. Okay. Nobody will know. The game was tied at 68 with, uh, where, did, where was that? It was That's the best positive we can get. Game was tied at 68 with 6.40 to go in the third quarter. The Nuggets scored eight straight points. From there, it got even worse. That's the not Nuggets, no, no. I said positive, Brady. This is getting worse. How about sixty-eight uh, points in the paint? 
I mean, uh, yeah. That's a great one, Brady. The stat cat rules do not Im- it does not imply that they have to be good, favorable Thunder stats. That's fair. So I appreciate Nate's positivity, though. So after the 8-0 run, the Nuggets ballooned that run to 27-13 before Paul George hit two back-to-back threes to bring the Thunder back within nine. That's where the game was lost, was that 8-0 run after the game was tied at 68. If that doesn't happen, the Thunder probably walk into a fourth quarter that's really back and forth the way it was going. But you just, you just can't allow a run like that if you're playing the Nuggets with how great they are on both ends of the floor. Absolutely. Denver Nuggets get the win in Oklahoma City, 115-105 over the Thunder. Uh, disappointing for a lot of Thunder fans, I'm sure, but don't worry. Thunder have an opportunity to get things going in the right direction. They do have some games coming up this Sunday. March 31st, they will be hosting the Dallas Mavericks, who, if I'm not breaking news here, I don't know where you've been. You've been under a rock. Dallas is not trying to win any more games this year. Following up on Tuesday, they have the Los Angeles Lakers at home and the Detroit Pistons at home that Friday. That will close out their five-game homestand where they currently stand one in one. That Lakers game could possibly be the Alex Caruso-led Los Angeles Lakers, former Oklahoma City Blue player Alex Caruso. Oh, man, revenge game. And we know how that happens. (laughs) Everybody remembers Lance Thomas in in the garden against Oklahoma City. Stop. (laughs) Stop, that's too far. All right, uh, I think me and Brady have done just about everything we possibly can do to ruin this show. This has been Thunder First Take Post Game Show at the Flint Restaurant, where we have the greatest food, the greatest service, the greatest drinks in the metro. So make sure next time you're downtown, you swing by here you or right underneath the Cole Gord Hotel. I was going to say, you can't miss it. It's right next to that really tall building that you can see for miles. Yeah, it's right it's next right to it. where you can see it. I think it's the second tallest building. In Oklahoma, no, it's not. Yeah, second tallest. In, o- in Oklahoma, right behind Tyler Media Studios. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The yeah. uh, the Tower of Doom. The Tower of Doom. The radio tower counts for us, right? Yeah, yeah, that, sure. that's fair. You know, you're right there. Perfect, perfect. All right, uh, the Cold Court Hotel. Make sure you swing by here at Flint Restaurant down here on the first floor. Great food, as always. As well as thank you to Nate Baldwin back in the studio doing the great job, as always, uh, and also filling in for me tonight so I could be down here at Flint uh, doing this pre- and post-game show. So thank you, Nate, for doing the great coverage, and also thank you personally for filling in. I appreciate both of those things. As well as thank you to Brady Trantham doing the great co-hosting honors that you always do and bringing the great insight here live from the Flint Restaurant. As well as Madison Morris, who did not do anything on this show at all, but she worked hard. She's in the locker room, so she deserves some credit for the Thunder coverage as well because she'll have some great video coming up uh, on her Twitter feed. Thank you, uh, Madison. You need to go thank see. you. And as well as thank you to the OKC82 podcast listeners who are still listening right now because this is the OKC82 podcast that you can find on Apple iTunes <laughs> as well as Stitcher SoundCloud. Not Spotify, though, because they suck. Google Play, though. Google Play will also have this podcast as well. So thank you to you all. And if you're out there and you have no idea what I'm talking about, Brady and Madison do a great podcast after every single Thunder game. Um, and it's called the OKC82 podcast. You can subscribe yourself. Well, that's going to do it for us here Live for Flint. We've done all the damage we can do, and we'll be signing off. This has been the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 107.7 The Franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa.